0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. We're back with Ali Tan talking about the end times. Before the break, Ali, we were talking about the Battle of Armageddon, this great battle mentioned in Revelation that takes place in the last days before the, the new heaven and the new earth. And uh, you were telling us about the location uh, where this is to take place. And... Um, There's a a passage in Revelation that talks about uh, God pouring out, uh, what is it, the sixth bowl of of plagues or something like that? What does that refer to?
1: Well, we're, yeah, speaking of plagues, um, we, those are things that, you know, we are essentially deciphering, you know, we're going forward and deciphering. Uh, As the Lord continues to reveal, the big picture, the landmarks, are the ones that we can easily see. Now that actually Israel has started to come back, it's very literal. We can now uh, see kind of the general context. The details are still unfolding. But this is a good example. This passage I just read about Zechariah 14 and this war. Uh, centering around Jerusalem, and then the Lord comes and lands on the Mount of Olives. There's this incredible, you know, fight where he rids the world of this plague of evil. This is going to be a very evil thing, and everyone's going to be happy. And he ushers in a kingdom. Well, the people that say, hey, this has all happened 2,000 years ago, and all the prophecies have been fulfilled, they say, well, you know, when the Romans surrounded the temple, in 68 A.D. to 70 A.D., and they destroyed the temple, well, that was the fulfillment of prophecies like this. And when the Holy Spirit went out and spiritually conquered the Romans, that was essentially Jesus doing what it says here. Well, that, that's, that's very, very strange to think about the Bible in that way, because that's not how prophecy has been understood all the way till the time of Christ. Why would that change? And the details provided here are so accurate and so specific, they don't match that kind of uh, liberty that someone would take with the text. Um, And the reason for that, one of the reasons of the confusion is because um, in, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus talks about the events of the destruction of Jerusalem at 70 A.D. But in the Gospel of Matthew, when they say to him, tell us the time, the, uh, the signs of the end of the age, you know, tell us that, He they ask him. He then actually begins to talk about the things that will occur at the very end of this age. And it involves, he says, it will be like the days of Noah. And when we look at the days of Noah, we see that the days of Noah were the days of the sons of God, and of the Nephilim. This takes us back to that original age of the Bible where the foundations of history are laid. Things that, that went wrong, things that God is going to correct through the Messiah. And it's very interesting. You're asking me about some of the landmarks. Well, yes, the return of Israel, yes, the return of the city of Jerusalem, but also one thing that my research led me into as I was trying to understand this interesting phenomenon, the UFO phenomenon, that started also in 1948-47. Um, around that time, it really took off. It's like, well... How around the, the,
0: the birth of modern Israel, at the would, same time as the birth of modern it Israel. It
1: seems so. It seems that, that after World War II, where you, know, uh, you, know, you look at Hitler, right? He wanted to create the 1,000-year Reich. Why, why was it called the 1,000-year Reich? To compete with the 1,000-year kingdom of Christ, which is mentioned in the book of Revelation, which is another window into this very event of the nations coming and worshipping the king year to year. The book of Revelation builds on that and gives us more details about what this kingdom will look like. And there are also prophecies in the Old Testament that talk about this kingdom of Christ, this 1,000-year rule, which is an age of peace. where where weapons of war are put away, where where nations no longer teach their children about the art of war, and people and predators and prey live in peace with each other. It's a wonderful time of history. It's the Sabbath of history. So in 1948, we see the, the rise of the UFO phenomenon, and when researchers start to look into it, what we discover is that the heart of the UFO phenomenon is the creation of hybrids, and people go, What's all that about? Well, when you look into the book of Genesis, you see the beginning of the creation of these hybrids, and it happens through history. You know, there's the the tribes that live in this promised land when Israel returns to it. Um, The Anakim, the Zanzumim, the Raphaim tribes, they're all tribes of giants. We even have architecture from these giants, um, both in Israel and in other places in the world, like in the island of Malta, like like in Baalbek, and also we see the story of David and Goliath, which is a type of the final battle. And then we are told that in the final age of history, at the end of the end times, and this is the dream that God gives the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, he reveals to him the sequence of world empires, and he says to him that the very end, in the final ages of the final empire, I guess that's where we are, that they... This mysterious, plural, masculine pronoun, they, the he's, will mingle their seeds with the seed of men, but it shall not adhere. And you go, well, what's that? Well, once you understand that there has always been this mingling of the seed between the fallen angels, the seed of the serpent, the seed of men, and you also see it um, in the abduction phenomenon, and you go, wow, this is actually, actually happening, again, on a massive level in our age, and this may actually lead to, you know, the, the Goliath who will be humbled by the coming of the Son of David. And this becomes another sign because it says in that prophecy of Nebuchadnezzar that there will that be ten kings. It says they'll mingle their seed with the seed of man, but it shall not adhere. And then it says that there's ten kings that rise in the next verse. And then it talks about how the, the stone comes, which is the Messiah, and hits the statue and the whole thing collapses. So that becomes another very important landmark that is not often discussed right. by, you know... So, uh, so it sounds you like know. you're
0: saying that, that at, th- at the heart of the alien uh, 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 or fallen angel abduction phenomenon and the alien-human hybrid program is raising an army for the Antichrist to take part in, in the Battle of Armageddon. Well,
1: they live among us already. I mean, that's the l- latest research. They live among us. What functions they have to influence the culture, perhaps, as you say, to be an army. Um, we'll, I don't know. Them, I think they may have you know many different functions. But definitely I can see that there's going to be a rulership uh, that is of the seed of the serpent. And the parable of the tares and wheats I think, talks about this, that when God planted his seed, and then it says the devil came and planted his seed in the garden, and the wheat and tares grow together. So it's possible that there has been this bloodline throughout the ages All the way from the beginnings, like look at the beginning of Western civilization in the island of Crete. It says that Zeus had a child with Europa, and this child was King Minos of the island of Crete. And archaeologists tell us that's where Western civilization begins. And so the first king of the West was apparently a hybrid, uh, the son of Zeus, Minos. And so there may also be a line of kings that leads to this final king. And there's this phenomenon that we are witnessing and documented all around the world. So that's another piece of the puzzle. And you're gonna tell me that all of these things happened two thousand years ago? The return of the Jews, the contention of Jerusalem, all of the technology that is needed to, to to the mark of the beast, as you said, and so many things that require advanced technology and then the arrival right. of the UFOs on a mass level. No,
0: you're right, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make, make sense. sense. So let's there's let's so much here so that we, has never we,
1: been fulfilled
0: so we we uh, left ahead to the armageddon i want to back up now because okay. these kings that are going to you know there and their armies that are going to gather in, at armageddon okay uh these kings that are going to be loyal to the antichrist so we need to talk a little bit about the antichrist before the the battle of armageddon we need to talk a little bit about that seven-year period uh which is uh, you know the tribulation and okay. uh then we need to talk about the the mark of the beast so so okay. the arrival of the Antichrist on the world stage. Right. Um, let's talk about that. When okay. w- do we do we have any clues as to when that will will take place?
1: Um, and we don't have a, a, a clue as to when it will take place. But definitely, he's a character. He's a real character in the Bible. He's mentioned in so many different books. Um, you know. As early as the writings of King David, which is, uh, who lived, you know, um, a thousand years before Christ, in Psalms chapter 2, one of the first original psalms, it says, uh, I'm just quickly looking for it, yes, there we go, here it is, and it, okay, sorry, this was not part of my, um, so it says, why are the nations in an uproar, and the peoples mutter vanity, The kings of the earth set themselves up, and rulers conspired together against the Lord and against his anointed one, which is the translation of Messiah. Let's rip their chains apart and throw their ropes off us. He who sits in heaven laughs, uh, the Lord mocks them. So he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury. I have set up my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. And and it goes on, I will declare the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today have become your father. Ask me and I will give the nations as your inheritance and the far reaches of the earth as your possession. You shall break the nations with an iron scepter. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's jar. Um, So this uh, battle of the kings of the earth against the Lord and against his anointed of the nations. This is prophesied as old as the writings of King David. Even in the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, it talks about the king of the king of the nations, that when all these nations gather against the anointed of the Lord, they will have a leader. And you know, the Dead Sea Scroll guys already figured out there would be a leader that would lead all these kings, and there are many prophecies about him. In various books of the Bible, it's called the Little Horn, You know he speaks incredibly blasphemous things against God and against uh, the the characters that dwell in the temple at the heart of time and space, the very rulership you know of the universe. He speaks against all of those things, and we see him appear in in the teachings of Jesus when he talks about the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet. So, you know, he takes an old story from the book of Daniel, which people thought was already completed, which had to do with Antiochus Epiphanes, and he resurrects it. And he says, No, this is actually a prototype of a future event. And Paul continues to build on that in the letters that he writes. He calls him the son of perdition, uh, the man of sin. And he's going to stand in the temple of God, it says, and elevate himself above all that is called God. And so he's definitely a character. He's the leader of these kings. When will he emerge? Some people say that the sign by which we will know him is that he will be the guy who will negotiate a peace treaty between Israel and, uh, and its enemies in the region. He will be the guy who will finally do what no president has ever been able to do since the time of Jimmy oh, Carter. Wait
0: a minute, what about the, what about the Abraham Accords, uh, Ali, that yeah. the, the peace deals with Israel and the United Arab Emirates, and Israel, and um, what other countries were involved? Um, the, um,
1: the, yes, and the some Bahrain. Of the
0: other co- uh, Bahrain, uh, that's right.
1: The, the United Arab Emirates, um, and there's the armistice that has been signed in 1979 uh, with Egypt, um, but that 's um these these accords they 're not peace the way that you know like other this is they're not peace deals the way they're the beginnings of of mutually respectful and friendly relations and there 's also one with Jordan in place and there's the one with Egypt also is more like a cessez de feu an armistice you know it 's like let 's not shoot at each other anymore it 's not like uh, when it 's not peace the way This particular um, prophecy uh, that is found in Isaiah that people associate with this uh, character, the Antichrist, it suggests a comprehensive, true peace. Like like this seems to be, you know, it's called a covenant with hell, actually, but it seems to be some sort of. It elevates it to the level of covenant. Like this is a serious agreement. So I think we're looking at something a lot more serious than what we've seen. So that's one... So sign. it's a
0: false peace. It's a deception, right? It's a deception to lull Israel maybe into a false sense of security before the ten kings mount their offensive against Jerusalem.
1: Well, yes. I mean, if you look, at, if you look deeper into the events that follow, you realize, well, it doesn't actually bring about peace. And so it has a bit of a Trojan horse feel to it. Um, but I think it's, it w- it's it's also okay to sit back and, and watch these events unfold, and we'll have more of a detailed understanding of, of the nature of it. But it does seem to have a Trojan af- uh, you know, horse uh, feel, because what follows is actually when people say peace and peace, it says sudden destruction comes. So y- y- the world is trying to... Uh, you know when when Satan says to Jesus that all the uh, kingdoms of the earth have been given to my dominion, and I'll give them to whomever I will, and the the Lord says no, I won't worship you, and he then ascends to God and gets a scepter of power which ends the dominion of Satan, and since then you know it, it's been the fall of of him and and his structure, but these are attempts to keep it going. These are attempts to to seal his power to connect himself to the thing that matters to God, to put a footstool in Jerusalem and even over this people that have returned. Think of Israel as the edge of a spear. They will move forward into the next stage of history, and the nations will follow them, you know, as the Messiah comes to that specific region of the world, the same way that he was born in Bethlehem, but his ministry affected the whole world. It'll be the same kind of an event. So so this is the final attempt, I think, of, of of an ancient power the prince of this world to hang on but we don't want this this is the world is has lots of problems it's very corrupt it's uh full of darkness of uh, and we want the lord to come to the earth with his, with his angels get rid of all of this and bring in a true and lasting age of peace. And there are many things that are going to happen when he returns. It's going to be fantastic.
0: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.